0: Hey guys, and welcome to Money Talks News, the podcast. In this episode, we're talking about Dave Ramsey. Now, Ramsey's long been considered the man when it comes to financial advice, especially if you want to get out of debt. In recent years, though, controversy's been dogging Dave. He had to settle a discrimination lawsuit for his employment practices, more on that later, and he's facing a $150 million lawsuit from disgruntled followers for Tuku's advice to use a company that's now being investigated for fraud. So, should you listen to Dave Ramsey? Let's discuss what Ramsey does right, what he does wrong, and whether you should follow his advice at all. I'm Stacey Johnson. As usual, my co-host will be financial journalist Miranda Marquette. Hello, Miranda.
1: Hey Stacy, I'm super excited for this. Let's I let's talk too. about Dave Ramsey.
0: Let's do it. Listening in and sometimes contributing is our producer, Aaron Freeman. Hey Aaron,
2: I'm just glad we're using his name to sell stuff.
0: <laughs> and today we have a very very special guest, Tori Dunlap, founder of her first 100K and the Financial Feminist podcast. Hi Tori.
3: Hi. Thank you for having me to talk about my not so favorite favorite topic.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I should listen to your podcast, but it's about the, it's for women only. Does
3: it's not. Uh, Feminists can be of any gender identity. We largely uh, speak to women, but we have followers who are men, who are non binary folks. We're really committed to fighting the patriarchy by making people rich.
0: Well, and here's the good news I have a girl's name, so I can listen to it anyway. No one's ever going to know. <laughs> so listen, let's start. Uh, I don't know about you guys, how you guys want to approach this topic, but I'm thinking three different things. Okay his financial advice uh his bad financial advice another uh, his personal who, who he is personally and then um, what he does right what, what do you want to st- let's start you want to start with what he does right i know you don't have it set out that way miranda uh, on the agenda here but let's talk about what he does right before we start talking about what he does wrong go ahead uh, tori anybody what, what do you guys think he does right
3: I think one of the biggest things is he has impacted a lot of people in a positive way. He has helped, I mean, thousands, maybe millions at this point of people pay off debt. And I think he is in many people's lives, the like gateway to the rest of the personal finance world. So, um, I think, you know, he is still the most popular, uh, financial guru, um, even with all of the controversy. And I always want to highlight that he has made an impact in people's lives. Now, there's a lot of financial trauma that unfortunately comes with that impact, but I'm sure we'll talk about that in a bit. He has, though, especially when it comes to getting people out of debt, he has made an impact there.
0: Yes, and I totally 100% agree with that. I'm sure you do, too, Miranda. Is that, is that true? What, what, is your, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, basically, I agree with Tori on that, and I do like the thing that I do like about uh, Dave Ramsey is he gets people starting to think intentionally about their money, and uh, <laughs> like like Tori said, we can talk about that later. And there are plenty of other folks out there that can help you get intentional about your money, but he has steps you can follow. He helps you really think about your priorities, and he gets people starting to think, hey. Uh, Where should I go with this? What should I be thinking about? And can I get intentional with my money? Uh, And so I think that that is good, too. He's kind of like the gateway drug, as as Dory, as Tori says, the gateway drug to personal finance, and then you could just do so much better.
0: And I would say that I agree with with both what you women said I, I think that um, he he is really good when it comes to paying off debt, and you know I think it's really important to talk about here too we're, He's not the only financial guru we're going to discuss in this series. he's the first one, um, but we have to remember something too when someone approaches the mass market like a Dave Ramsey uh, or Susie Ormond or blah 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 put it fill in the blank you're you're talking to people. You're talking to mass people. You're talking to millions of people at the same time. And so the the problem with that is that everybody's situation is different. And and the other thing that's important to remember, too, when you're talking about these gurus, is that if you don't say things that are dramatic, then you're not going to – I mean, you're a showman. You're in the center ring of a circus. You've got to keep these people entertained. And the way to do that is to say intense things. And Dave Ramsey's really good at that. I mean, and Sue's yarn was too, right? They'll go, well, that's a stupid idea, you know, and they, they create a, a persona that people want to hear because it's different. You understand what I'm saying? Do you agree? Somebody? Anybody want oh, hear by I myself? Mean-
3: I think that he has done that very intentionally. And yeah, in terms of like getting eyeballs, that's definitely worked. Is that the strategy I take and that many other people take in this industry? Hell no. No, like that's not, that's not, we'll talk about this, but it's, it's not empathetic. It's not, um, it's not without the shame and judgment that a lot of people carry with them for the rest of their lives about money. And already people feel this guilt and shame and, and fear and anxiety when it comes to money. And yet the people, you know, if you're turning to Dave Ramsey and you're, you're doing this very vulnerable thing where you're asking this guru for advice and he in turn shames you, like that's really difficult. So I do think from a business standpoint in terms of strictly the media company he's built, I would argue that there's few people better in the personal finance industry in terms of the actual like company. I mean, he has the radio show that he then syndicates as a podcast. I mean, he basically has an MLM in his whole, in his whole company where he's training people to become, you know, Ramsey financial gurus under him, which again, you can debate the ethical and the morality of these business practices, but in terms of the actual business he's built, it's nothing comes close. Well, it's the, all, it's the all-knowing
2: uh, evangelical showmanship. Uh-huh,
1: uh-huh. Yes. Uh, That's what I said guru. Yeah. Fascinating, fascinating.
0: Yes. And, and, and I will give our listeners some advice. If you want to get rich and famous, all you have to do is promise simple solutions to complex problems. That's all you have to do. It's, la- it's losing weight, it's getting rich, whatever it is. Take a complicated problem and then promise to solve it in a few words. That, that's what people do, uh, like Robert Kiyosaki. I mean, I could go on and on. Uh, you know, that's what these people do. Nine Steps to Financial Freedom. You know, the Susie Orman book. And, and you know, to, to make things simple when they aren't simple, and to, say, you know, and to use the same advice for 10 million people, you'll get listeners, but you won't solve that many problems. That's my opinion anyway. And, and, and with that, let's transition into some of the things that we don't like about Dave Ramsey. Why why isn't he the best financial advisor in the world, Tori?
3: Oh, how long do we have? Um <laughs> one, um I think the the biggest thing to highlight is like I said before, he uses shame and judgment to sell his products. Um I call him the diet pill of personal finance, right? He tells you that you're overweight and that you're unlovable. And then he goes, here's the diet pill though, right? It's uh this shaming narrative that it's all of your fault. Uh, the reason you're not rich is because you buy too many lattes, right? There's still a infamous tweet by him that I included in my book, which was, if you have debt, the only time you should see the inside of a restaurant is if you're working there. That is something he has said on multiple occasions. So All of his advice is just just drowning in this shame and judgment. And then, you know, like I said before, is you're coming from this very vulnerable place and this is the person that you think you should go to for the advice. And in this moment of vulnerability, you're continually shamed for it. He also weaponizes evangelical Christianity to sell his products. So if he is the not only diet pill of personal finance, he is also using the Christian Jesus language to continue to sell his Financial Peace University products, his podcast. The vast majority of Financial Peace University, where it is taught, is in churches. And I know this from... Multiple folks in our community as ex Dave Ramsey people, but also uh, like one of my one of my employees and one of our team members was actually someone who consumed Dave Ramsey's products before joining us. And she she found him in church. So I think there's I mean, that just hits that's the tip of the iceberg. But I think the shame and the judgment the lack of acknowledgement of systemic oppression like you said taking this very gray issue and trying to make it black and white um and using christianity and evangelical christianity to market and and sell his products
0: and now let me ask you something miranda what's wrong with saying if you are, if you're in debt the only way you should go into a restaurant is if you work there what's wrong with that
1: I think, well, one thing, first of all, I I think going along with Tori's point is, you know, we're making money into a moral issue or debt into a moral issue when both debt and money are amoral, right? So pretending like, you know, there's something wrong there. But the other issue too is, um, you know, we want to get caught up into this idea of who is worthy to do what and... Going into a restaurant, if you have some debt, is not the end of the world, and it's not a moral bad, uh, as long as you're as long as you're tipping those folks <laughs> that are waiting on you. But I think that the issue here is saying that okay, if you've made a few mistakes, then you have to suffer forever because you are morally scarred, and you have to suffer until you fixed this, that, or the other thing. Or if misfortune has befallen you, then there is once again something there is morally something wrong with you because misfortune has befallen you, and now you're in debt and now you must suffer and I think for me a lot of that has the idea that uh, if you're in debt you must suffer all the time and there are ways to tackle that debt move forward improve your financial situation without saying oh I can never do anything fun I can never never enjoy my life I have to uh, I have to be miserable 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 until somebody else has deemed me worthy because of my financial situation.
2: Yeah, I've never have. I'm not. I never listened to Dave Ramsey, but for the show, I, I listened to quite a few of them, and I I noticed that he, there was this like Jerry Springer showmanship that he puts on when people go, "Oh, Dave Ramsey, I, I've I've made bad you know financial decisions." So he'll shame them. He'll shame them into not following his course or going through the course again, and and he berates them a little bit. But then he backs that up with sound advice. Uh, so you, you can see like there's a little bit of 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 this back and forth play that makes it interesting from an entertainment perspective. And then uh, I noticed he does have an overall, if you watch a bunch of shows, an overarching disdain for debt in society in general. It's almost like a biblical uh, uh, debt is the ruin of all things in society, uh, which is strange for a system where our economy is completely based on credit and debt. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, and, and you know, I, I, I've been uh, evangelizing about debt. My first book was Life or Debt, which I wrote 25 years ago. Um, and so debt can be bad. But here's the problem I was just alluding a little while ago to simple solutions to complex problems. Uh, and, and everyone is not the same. Um, for, you know, as a matter of fact, I often say about debt, people make it complicated good debt, bad debt, no debt, you know, for Dave Ramsey. Uh, and, and it's just as simple. If you're paying more than you're making, if you're paying more in interest than you're earning on the return, then it's bad debt. Don't do it. But if you're not, I mean, if I'm paying 2% and earning 8 that's smart debt. I mean, so the, in other words, the point is just because, it, just because something's debt doesn't make it evil. Uh, and, and in fact, um, let, me, let me see I've got a, if I've got a quote here. Okay, Ramsey's against almost all debt for any reason. This includes credit card debt, car loans, student loans, and to a limited extent, even mortgage debt. He insists that when one of his fans has paid off a credit card, they should ceremoniously cut up the card and close the account. You should have not a a good credit score, no credit score. Dave Ramsey does not have a credit score because Dave Ramsey has no credit cards. Um, Now, what is wrong with that? Tori, what is wrong with that advice?
3: Oh, so many things. I'm like cringing over here. Okay. Couple things. One, I actually know that as you progress in his programs, he also teaches people how to be business owners. One of the things that he teaches in those courses is to open up a business credit card. So a little bit of a dichotomy there. Uh, Two, you need a credit score, like the credit score system. And this is where you got to get the bleep button is pretty fucked up in this country, but it is one of the best ways that you can start progressing in your financial life, especially if you have been financially struggling Your credit score is kind of like your adult GPA, right? You can't sometimes rent an apartment. You can't buy a house. You can't get a car unless you have a solid credit score. And we've had so many people in the Her First 100K community who have come to me who are ex-Dave Ramsey followers and who have said, "I, I couldn't get all of these things because I was told that I didn't need a credit score. So. Um, you can't end up progressing in your financial life without one. And of course, this really disenfranchises black, brown and low income people. Uh, if you're telling them that they don't need a credit score when in fact you need a credit score for anything, any sort of like leveling up in life. I just think it's really damaging advice. I think everybody uh, on this show would also agree that credit cards used responsibly are a really incredible tool. I do not use a debit card. I only use credit, but I use it like a debit card. And I flew business class, lie down flat seats to France this summer, if entirely on credit card points. So I always say that credit cards, just like anything are a tool, if you use them correctly, they are fantastic. If you use them incorrectly, or if you you know, are not paying your bills on time and in full. They can cut you right. They can be a a damaging thing for you and your financial life. But this all or nothing, like again, cut up your credit cards. You don't need a credit score. This is just bad advice. It's not good financial advice. Tori,
0: you you took my you, you took one of my anecdotes. I, I my wife and I flew to <laughs> flew to Holland uh, this summer uh, in business class, lie down seats, which by the way was awesome. <laughs> oh, fantastic! Totally free. Uh, Because from American Express points. And with that, let me read you something from uh, the Dave Ramsey website. There are two ways to reach the goal of not having a credit score. You're not supposed to have a credit score. One, you never open a line of credit or use debt to make a purchase ever. Two, you realize living with debt is no way to live, so you pay it all off and never use debt again. While your credit score will hang around for a while... After a few years, it will disappear. Now, they're wrong. This is incorrect. One, you never open a line of credit, you you never use debt. Okay, fine. Two, you realize living with debt is no way to live, so you pay it all off and never use debt again. Well, guess what? I haven't haven't paid interest in 25 years, uh, and I still have credit cards. Uh, So in other words, just because you have a credit card doesn't mean that you have debt. And that's exactly what they said here. That's incorrect. I, I do not have debt, and I do use credit cards, and that's why I flew to Europe for free. So th- this is just incorrect. You do, you do want to have a credit score, for, and also for the reasons you gave, Tori. So that, that's just bad information, period. You do want to pay your credit cards off every month. That's good. But saying you should not have a credit score, that's your goal? That's wrong. That's bullshit. Uh, so th- that's, that's one thing that definitely is, is, is true. Now, let's move on to something else. And I want to just ask you guys opinion on this. Maybe you'll agree with it. Um, using the envelope system. Do, do, can you explain the envelope system, Miranda, so I don't have to hear myself talk any more than necessary? Do You, you know what it is, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, so basically the cash envelope system is where you uh, allocate cash, stick it in envelopes with specific, uh, with specific jobs. So like you'll have your grocery envelope, your entertainment envelope, your, uh, you know, uh, You know, whatever it is, your you know your your housing envelope, whatever it is, you kind of have this envelope system. Now, some people use a digital envelope system because you know they pay their their stuff automatically. Like if you're going to pay your mortgage automatically or your insurance automatically, uh, those kinds of things, uh, pay down your debt automatically. You'll need you know this online envelope system. But the idea is, is you want to put your money to work in certain ways. And I actually like this in theory. I don't actually use envelopes. And a lot of the time I know that Dave Ramsey encourages you to use physical envelopes and use cash. Um, But I do like all of my money has, you know, a purpose. It's doing something right. It's either going to investments in my travel fund or my, my retirement fund or my HSA, or it's going to pay my living expenses, or it is going to pay for priorities in my life, like travel and helping my son with college. So, so I do like the idea of, you know, giving, uh, as, as they might say in YNAB or some other places, every dollar a job. Um, but, you know, the envelope system seems kind of cumbersome to me.
0: Well, yeah, and the, the thing is, too, Miranda, that you didn't say specifically that I'll throw in here, is that, of course, we want to allocate our resources, obviously. But what Dave is saying is, when you run out of money in that entertainment department, you stop. You have no more money. And and this is great advice. Well, let me ask you, Tori, is this great advice? I mean, is do you agree with the envelope system?
3: I think to echo Miranda, I think that it- if I'm assuming positive intent, there is a, there's a, there's merit here, right? It is giving money a job. It's being very specific on where all of your money is going. Um, I think, I think all of the advice we're talking about, we're kind of like dancing around this, this theme of like almost, um, all of the advice feels very condescending. It's kind of like, Oh, you're a five-year-old, and I don't expect you to be able to do any of these things. I don't expect you to be able to manage a credit card responsibly, so you're just not going to get one. I don't expect you to be able to manage a bank account where you can transfer money in and out responsibly, so you're just not going to have one, and you're going to use cash.
2: Is this him giving just mean advice, or is this him listening to people that have different level degrees of understanding of finances, like the third third grade level, the high school level, and the collegiate level? Well,
0: this is the problem, Erin, when you're talking to 10 million people. Uh, I mean, if, if you've got if you've got a stadium full of children uh, and, and they and they're all incapable of making financial decisions for themselves, then what? then the, the best thing to do to keep them off from going bankrupt is to say, listen, put your money in an envelope, you know, and, and when it's gone, it's gone. I mean, that, that makes sense. But the problem is everyone in the, in the stadium isn't a child and some people can allocate their resources. And when you say that, not only are you going to do that, but he didn't say that. Right? He says, everybody in the stadium put your money in an envelope. Well, that, and if you don't, then you're an asshole. I mean, really, that's what he's saying. And that's just bad advice because, I mean, it, the advice of allocating your resources is excellent advice. But, but saying that you have to do so in a simplistic way, like you're five years old, is not necessarily the best advice for everyone. And then, and, and going back to what Miranda's alluded to and, and Tori too, is that shaming people to not follow that system is a bad thing to do in my opinion
3: do yeah there's agree? no there's no trust there there's no understanding that like Yeah, maybe you don't have the best financial habits because of the way you grew up, right? Maybe you um, are struggling with money because of all of the systemic factors. Maybe you don't make enough money, right? And that's not a you problem. That is a stagnating minimum wage, a higher cost of living, a lack of paid family leave in this country, right? There's many other things that have... uh, But again, this is gray area, right? And gray is not sexy to talk about. And I think that there's, yeah, this lack of trust and understanding that people are adults and that they can through really work on their psychology work on understanding these like money narratives, this, this, uh, focus on, you know, grace and understanding and compassion. That is how we work to become better at money. It's not this condescending. Well, I don't trust you to manage your own money and you shouldn't trust yourself either. So we're going to make you put in cash money into envelopes. You, you know, petulant child,
0: (laughs) Yes, and for those of you out there who don't understand what we, when we're talking about shaming, um, let, me, let me give you his, here's some exact words from Dave Ramsey. Quote, responsible use of a credit card does not exist. End quote. That's bullshit. I've been using credit cards responsibly for 50 years. Well, not 50, uh, 48. <laughs> and you know, to say responsible use of a credit card does not exist is ridiculous. You're calling everyone in the world an idiot. When that, and you know what that makes you sound like? An idiot, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, here, here's something else. Let me see if I can get to it real quick, because I found this this morning. He was on Fox News. Okay. Here, the quote. So I said on Fox News this morning that I don't believe in the stimulus check. This is a $600 stimulus check the government put out during the pandemic. Um, I don't believe in the stimulus check, because if you get $600 or $1,400, and it changes your life, you didn't have a life. Because you're already screwed.
3: The irony of that statement as well is that his starter emergency fund and financial baby step number one is a thousand dollar emergency fund. So the irony of that statement, I remember when it came out, it was not lost on me the absolute shame and just, uh, just non-compassionate statement there. But two that he basically is just directly contradicting himself That that tells me that your financial program doesn't exist. If you believe that $1,400 won't make an impact on people, then why are you making sure that that $1,000 emergency fund is the first thing that they do? Very ironic.
0: Yeah. yeah, it is, and it's and 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 all the, those of us who are human beings who lived in the United States during the pandemic know that there were people who don't make a lot of money who could not work because their restaurant was closed or their store was closed, and they needed six hundred bucks to pay the rent. And now you're calling. He literally says, "Listen, to this. This is still a quote quote. If you believe six hundred dollars are going to change your life, you're an idiot." Seriously, did you really just say that? I mean, what kind of a jerk are you? I mean, that's just horrible. And, of course, he's doing that for shock value. And guess what? It worked because we're talking about it right now. Uh, so he got people to listen to him. And, and you know what? We have to take a quick break here, which I should have done a few minutes ago. Um, and then we're going we're gonna to be right back, and we're going to continue to talk about Dave Ramsey. And you know what else we're going to do, um, Tori? We're going to talk about you, which I was supposed to do at the beginning of the show, and I didn't. But So if you guys will hold on, we're going to be right back after this. Okay, we are back. Uh, Before we start again, though, guys, if you appreciate appreciate what we do, do something for us. Share the show with your friends and family on your favorite social media platforms and and subscribe to our podcast. Takes you two seconds, but it really helps us out. Okay, Tori, let me go back now and pretend like I'm a good host and ask you what your background is and how you became uh, our guest today and what you do.
3: Thanks for having me. Yeah, I uh really started her first 100k as a side hustle on the side of my 9 to 5 in 2016 because Donald Trump got elected and I was 22 and I was coming into womanhood in a very different country than I expected and I realized that when I had money I had options that maybe a financial education was our best form of protest as a member of a marginalized group. So I have uh, grown her first hundred K now to have over four million followers, a New York Times bestselling book called Financial Feminist, as well as the number one business podcast for women in the country, also called Financial Feminist. And we teach people and specifically women all over the country and all over the world how to save money, pay off debt, feel financially confident. And that's what I believe I was put on this earth to do. Hey, thanks. I didn't expect the sound effect. That was so fun. Th-
0: thanks, audience. But if you guys could calm down until after the show, we'd appreciate it. <laughs> uh, you, guys, uh, you guys listening to this podcast probably don't realize it, but we were actually broadcasting in front of a huge studio audience. We've got about Massive. Eight, eight, ten thousand. I don't know. I can't even count them all. There are just thousands of people here listening to us. Um, okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's just like the Dave Ramsey show.
3: <laughs> it's all my mom and dad in the back just hooping and hollering
2: really loud <laughs> that's
0: really funny we need more of that it makes me feel good um, um now let, let's continue our conversation though I, I've got a few more things Miranda is, is anything if is you got some burning thing you need to tell me about Dave Ramsey
1: <laughs> well I think I think most of the thing that bothers me is something that Tori alluded to earlier and that is The way he uses shame, these simplistic solutions, and all of this to build his empire and sell his products. And one of the things that you'll find, too, that... Um, some of the more controversial things about Dave Ramsey as he goes through this is he says, you don't need a credit score, uh, but how are you supposed to buy a house without a mortgage? Most people can't save up. So he has a preferred mortgage lender and this preferred mortgage lender charges much higher interest because why you don't have a credit score, but he gets a nice kickback or he'll be like, timeshares are terrible. He's not wrong. Uh, but, uh, He he recommends this company that is now being sued for fraud, and he, he was getting a kickback, you know, millions in kickbacks from this company, and now he is being sued as part of a class action lawsuit because this company turned out to be fraudulent. And one of the things he does when he recommends people start a business, well... He kind of soft recommends multi-level marketing companies. And so like there's there's a lot as we go down the list here where a lot of 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 what he does is you're feeling bad, you're feeling like this is your best way out. And then he starts making these recommendations like, oh, here's how you live in a world without a credit score. By the way, it's a product I endorse and that I'm getting a kickback from. uh, And you'll pay a lot more in interest when you use it. So it's just uh, interesting to me. And, And then once again, like Tori said, some of it's contradictory. Okay, open a business credit card. Okay, but we can't have a personal credit card. But as long as we're using that business credit card to start our MLM business, we're good to go, and so I think that's the thing that kind of frustrates me about this is that he funnels a lot of people into uh, products that are actually financially detrimental to them, uh, and even his uh, even his recommended mutual funds. Uh, once again, a lot of them have higher fees and are problematic.
2: You mean the so called ones that return twelve <laughs> percent?
1: Gosh. Lord, I
2: don't know. It's this other controversy that's it's nine years old, I think it is. But he he recommends uh, everybody can make twelve percent on on these mutual funds that he has. That you know, I guess. But it, but it's over the span of like fifty, seventy years or something like that. That well, I'm a, his,
0: oh, that's what well, he all he's saying is he's saying I think anyway, Aaron, and Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I think he's just saying that mutual funds. In general, uh, stock funds, is, which is the only thing he recommends, I think, uh, stock inter- uh, different types of, of stock mutual funds, uh, uh, the, the average return is 12%. I could be wrong, I mean, like I said, but I think that's he's just talking about stocks in general, which is another thing, too. He, he, doesn't, he, only, he says you should be 100% in stocks. No bonds, in other words, which is not necessarily good advice either, especially these days. I'm in a bunch of bonds because bonds pay really well right now.
3: The other piece of advice that I've seen that's really damaging is that you have to be completely 100 percent debt free before you invest. And for the average American, right, they have student loans and those student loans are an average interest rate of four to five percent. You could be making seven, eight, sometimes obviously a higher percentage in the stock market. So I see people who are, you know, end up prolonging their own retirement, even though they don't understand that. Because they're waiting until they're 40, 45, 50, and their student loans are gone to actually start investing. And I think that's some of the most damaging advice that very few people talk about with Dave Ramsey is this focus on, you know, debt has to be gone before you do anything else. This shame around debt, but it leaves people absolutely financially stranded when it comes to a healthy, safe retirement. And
0: you know, here's a little personal anecdote, too, about the, the um, timeshare thing. This, I'm going to read to you from CBS News article, uh, June the 5th of this year. Dave Ramsey faces $150 million lawsuit for promoting company accused of fraud. The suit filed in U.S. District Court for the Western District of Washington claims Ramsey received more than $30 million between 2015 and 2021 to promote timeshare exit team on the Dave Ramsey show. Uh, The Washington-based company, which now operates blah, blah, blah. So he made $30 million. Now, here's the anecdote. I've seen this company, and they've contacted me because I own a website. And it's a popular website, not as popular as Dave Ramsey's, but it's popular. Uh, and I, I saw them; I, they were uh, exhibiting. I want to say at FinCon. I'm not positive. Anyway, I saw them somewhere. Got a business card. They called me. Please, you know, use our company. The referrals, referral fees were excellent, as you can tell from what uh, Dave Dave Ramsey earned. But I said no. And you know why I said no? I would looked them up, you know, to make sure they weren't you know scummy company. Um, and I couldn't find anything negative about them. I didn't, but I've been doing this for 40 years. I've been in the financial advice business for 40 years, and I did TV news for 30 years, and I have just never seen a company that actually helps you get out uh, out from under a timeshare. I've just never seen one, uh, and I've seen lots of them. You know, I mean, I, I, this is a story I've done 500, not 500, I've, I've done 10 times about getting out of a timeshare. Don't get in a timeshare because you will not get out. And getting divorced is easier. Uh, you, you just can't do it. So And so when a company promises a, a, a simple solution to a complex problem, I tend not to believe them. So even though I've been around, for, Dave's been around longer than me, and I've been around for a long time, this exact company came to me and I said, no thanks, just because. And he did not say no thanks. He, earned, he put $30 million in his pocket. So you know that's, that's just another example. And, that, and by the way, just to make sure, he, he he's recommending all these companies you need a realtor here's a realtor you need you need to, you need to do your taxes here's a company you need a mortgage here's Churchill that's a, that's his mortgage company um or the one he refers to anyway uh, and, and that is can be sleazy now I have advertisers on my website let me make, be perfectly clear but if I'm going to go on the air and say I love this company you need this company then I'm going to know about that company and I'm going to tell you I'm going to get paid by that company. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you don't tell me that, you're, that you have a relationship with this company and you haven't done due diligence on them, then best you not recommend them to me. Because if, they, if it goes south, I'm coming after you. So I, it's, just, it's just not morally correct to do that, in my opinion. What else do we have? Tori, what else? We, we we actually don't have a lot of time left, really. But do, do you have, do you have anything else? I, I mean, you know, there is there is an area we need to talk to. I mean, we need to talk about, as far as I'm concerned, and that's what Dave Ramsey does personally. Mm-hmm. Um, his um his, his, his the way he treats his employees, uh, the way he runs his company. Uh, do you do you want to get into that at all, Tori?
3: Yeah. I mean, again, we need more time to talk about everything, but there have been lawsuits and alleged firings of uh, LGBTQ plus members of his team um, of uh, women who have gotten pregnant and who are unmarried. Um, There are currently lawsuits going on for both of those incidents. We also infamously heard about Chris Hogan, who was one of his radio show hosts, one of his kind of like Ramsey spokespeople he was having an affair cheating on his wife and they tried to cover it up. Um, and that is only just starting to come out about just how kind of like deep that went in terms of um, him being involved in Chris Hogan's marriage uh, trying to basically, and it's just so uh, unethical as you're, as a boss, but also um, from this, again, evangelical Christian standpoint, that he was actually trying to maintain Chris Hogan's uh, notoriety and his reputation and keep him on the air even while all of this was going on and, and tried to cover it up.
0: Yes. Now, you are not allowed to have premarital sex and work for Dave Ramsey. That's a
3: fact. Yeah, I
0: mean, I'm not guessing that's that's just the fact and he has and what there was a lawsuit where a woman's firing him because she got he she said she got fired for being pregnant and ramsey said no i'm firing you because you had premarital sex Uh, i'm talking about an unmarried woman of course and now let's back up here it's your business if you want to run a business and say that nobody can have premarital sex that works there that's your prerogative you know i i don't care but don't expect my business if that's yours you know, and to me, you know Dave Ramsey is, is very, very right wing, and, and I have no problem with Republicans, but he is a very right-wing person, and, and as you can tell from what I just told you, uh, So if you're going to do that, you need to realize I mean I in my world anyway, that is not a majority of people in the United States. And if you want to run your business and only deal with the minority of people in the United States, that's, a, that's your prerogative. You certainly can. But I'm not going to be one of your customers. I'll tell you
3: that. Also in his hiring practices, two things. One is he requires your spouse to interview with you if you're applying to work at Ramsey Solutions, which feels just weird to me. And then the other thing is he actually makes you turn over your personal finances if you're going to work there because, quote, desperate people don't make good employees. Um, So that feels like an incredible violation of privacy. But also, again, this element of judgment and shame and Uh, You know, the ability to potentially uh, undercut somebody or to offer them a lower salary based on, you know, their level of debt or based on what they were making before, which feels borderline illegal, might even be illegal and very unethical.
2: It's kind of like the firm with Tom Cruise.
3: (laughs) Sure.
0: And, and, you know, by the way, there are uh, one of the reasons you maintain a good credit history is because of employment opportunities. So there are companies that will look at your credit history. They can't look at your credit score, but they look at your credit history, especially if you're going to be a person that handles money. So I don't really have a problem with, you know, that sort of thing, but not going into that detail, you know,
3: Yeah, it's your whole budget. It's how much money you're making, what your house costs. I mean, turning over your day-to-day finances to them before you'll even be given a job or an opportunity. And
0: and listen to this, too. Now, again, this is going to be me personally, but uh, Ramsey, this is a newspaper article. Um, Ramsey, who has railed against COVID-19 restrictions and said that masks are for wusses. Uh, supported this you know, the, the the bill that was passed in Tennessee, the Medical Non-Discrimination Business and Consumer Act. Uh, so you can't so you can't ban people who don't have uh, who wear who won't wear a mask or, or don't have a vaccine. Uh, and and I, and I've had this argument with many people, but the bottom line is this: I'm a 60 year 68 year old cancer survivor, and and I don't need I, I don't care if you get COVID or not. That's your business, but you can't give it to me. Uh, that, that that's a communicable disease, and for you to if you just say that people who wear a mask are a wuss because they could they could kill me, and you're okay with that? Then you're an asshole. Period. As far as I'm concerned, I don't mean to I don't mean to be to, to say things. Uh, so uh, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Stacey, you're starting
1: but... you're starting to sound a little bit left wing like me. We're gonna have problems. <laughs> We're gonna have some problems.
0: <laughs> no, I'm left wing. I'm just not a goddamn communist. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. We've Technically, from... I'm not either. No, I know. I know. I'm just joking <laughs> when I said that. Okay. He did... also
3: threw a very huge Christmas party in 2020, which was peak COVID, pre-vaccines, with no masks. That made a ton of news. Yeah, um, and also got a ton of COVID
0: this, out of it. I think. Yeah,
3: ton of COVID. Huge like office Christmas party. And if you can think back to that time, right? Nobody was leaving their houses, yet alone throwing multiple hundreds of people in a in a room together Christmas party.
1: And what does that do to like when we're talking about a power dynamic, when we're talking about, right, because the idea of capitalism mm, is that you (laughs) enter into these relationships that are supposed to be, you know, mutually beneficial and respectful. But we all know that doesn't happen. We know that under our current system, uh, what happens is the worker is kind of to some degree at the mercy of the employer, right? What are workers supposed to do? They'll have to go in and risk their health because they can't afford to eat if they risk their jobs. And so I think that power dynamic is something to consider as well. And the fact that Dave Ramsey is aware of that and he wields that uh, seemingly without conscience. Yes, so anyway,
0: I did not realize. Now, I, I, one of the first things, when I, I wrote, I told you I wrote my first book 25 years ago, and I wanted to get in. I was a TV news reporter from 1991 until last year. Uh, so I, I did financial news and everything, but I wanted to be Dave Ramsey. I wanted to be like him, you know. Uh, and when I wrote my book and everything, I did video, blah, blah, blah. And so this was the first thing I read, F- Financial Peace University. And, and to reiterate from a long time ago at the first of this podcast, there is good advice in there. There is. Um, but, you know, I think we've given you lots of reasons why maybe you shouldn't listen to any one person um, and especially maybe not this one. Uh, but, but, you know, I mean, we've all given bad advice. I certainly have. I was a stockbroker for 10 years and I've been doing this for 30, you know, and, and I've, de- I've definitely given advice that I wish I could take back. I mean, it's not like everyone's supposed to give perfect advice all the time. But, but, the, but the problem I have and I see often is that people are giving simple solutions to complex problems uh, and also, they're putting out, their, you know why they're rich? Because they're selling advice. They're not rich from living the advice. They're rich from selling the advice. And, and if you're, you know, I'm rich but because I lived my advice. I didn't make a million dollars from selling books of nine steps. You know, I made a million dollars from doing exactly what I tell people to do. Spend less than they make, to invest responsibly, and to do it over long periods of time. So, you know, and anybody who's, who, who's become a millionaire or billionaire from selling somebody else advice that they haven't even followed is bullshit by definition, in my opinion.
3: One of the things that I hear with Dave Ramsey a lot, too, is this idea of tough love and uh, tough love doesn't work. It just makes you feel like shit. You can get good advice from various people. I like to think I'm you know, included in that that make you feel positive, that make you feel um, like, you know, hopeful and excited about what you can do to better your financial life while also working to change the systemic factors at the policy level. And so this whole like tough love approach of like, oh, yeah, Dave Ramsey, it was tough love, but it worked. There's plenty of things out there that work that also don't make you feel like a terrible person
0: well that's awesome and and so well spoken too that's exactly right you you don't have to be beaten up now it makes good tv to beat people up or or podcasting i mean it sounds cool for people who are listening to call someone an idiot but you don't have to call people an idiot to help them you don't
2: and yet people love it they still call in anyway
0: well, look at Jerry Springer.
2: Look at I Judge Judy. I did a quick Judy. look. I now, mean, Jerry Springer, is- he's been caught, you know, you know, the producers have been caught, you know, giving money and then saying, you know, we encourage you to go and go crazy on stage. Um, you know, it's not directly. Of course. But I, and I, I can't find any evidence, you know, that, that callers are doing that on James Ram- Ramsey show. But still, people are calling in and, and they love getting berated. You know, there's a, a, a weird thing yes. to that.
0: Well, they love being they love being famous for a few seconds, and and I'm not going to suggest that Dave Ramsey uh, seeds his callers, and, and maybe he doesn't, uh, or maybe does or doesn't. I have no idea, but I do know this: if you call in to Susie Orman, or you call in to Dave Ramsey, and you say, "Do you mind if I finance a Bentley um, while I don't have enough money to feed my kids?" I mean, you're going to get on the air, but if but if you really are a person who knows who Dave Ramsey is, would you have made that phone call? I don't think so. So, you know, and so then everybody in the audience gets to go, oh, my God, Look, what an idiot. And Dave's calling you names and all this crap. This is this is performance. Yeah, exactly. th- th- this isn't financial. Th- this isn't helping someone financially.
3: Well, and I think most people don't know that there is somebody else to turn to. Like, you know, I'm always very excited when financial Feminist beats Dave Ramsey on the charts on the podcast charts. But it doesn't happen that often. He still dominates. And, of course. you know, if you aver- ask the average person walking down the street, right, like name someone who talks about personal finance, their answer is going to be most likely a Dave Ramsey or a Susie Orman. And I think, you know, myself, there's so many other folks that are starting to, uh, you know, be from, you know, a younger generation who are talking to younger people who are acknowledging all of these factors. There are gaining popularity, but they're still so dominant. So again, I, I think a lot of people who are desperate and who think, oh my gosh, I need somebody to turn to. This is the person they're thinking of. Even if that person doesn't make them feel good.
0: Yes. And by the way, you don't have to be in a younger generation to have been kind to people, to giving them financial advice. Of course advice, not. I've been doing no, that no, for no, a of long time. No, 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 of course not. But but you know, the, um, but the thing is, am I famous? Well, in my mind, I am. But am I in real life? No. So here's, this is the reason, and there's the whole purpose of this show. Dave Ramsey got famous, and Susie Orman to a different degree, and other people like that. have gotten famous by calling people idiots. So I'm hoping that I become famous for calling him an idiot on this show. <laughs> so there you go. Maybe maybe I'll be famous now that I started using the word idiot a lot. <laughs> Anybody have anything else? Because we need to close this one out.
1: Uh, no, I just think that along with what Tori said, you know, go out, look around, see if there are people out there who are offering financial insight that, you know, folks who align with more with your values, right? Because one of the things I see a lot of people like, oh, well, I don't agree with anything that Dave Ramsey does and his values and everything else. But my goodness, he's got these steps to get out of debt. Lots of people have steps to get out of debt. (laughs) And and, uh, they're more likely to align with your values. So really think about what matters to you? What are your values? What are you trying to accomplish with your life? And then let's and, and then, as you said, Stacy, maybe not rely on just one person, but let's go out and look for different sources of folks with different insights and different backgrounds to help us better understand how we think about money as a society and as individuals.
0: Cool. We're, uh, the music tells me I'm done. <laughs> so we are out of time, folks, but we are never out of topic. Dig a little deeper. You're going to find links uh, and lots more info in our show notes. And remember, if your goal is to make more, to spend less, to retire rich... Your online home is moneytalksnews.com. And don't forget to check out Miranda's online home as well. That is Miranda Marquit, M-A-R-Q-U-I-T.com. And, of course, you must rush to Tori Dunlap's website. That is herfirst100k.com. Herfirst100k.com. Got a question, comment, or topic you would like to suggest? We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at hello at moneytalksnews.com. That's hello at moneytalksnews.com. And you heard me say this before. I'm going to say it one more time. If you like what we do, do something for us. Subscribe to this podcast. It takes you two seconds, but it really helps us. So if you like us, show us and subscribe. Tori, thank you so much for being here. We were honored to have you. We'll be counting the minutes until you come back.
3: Thank you so much for having me.
0: You betcha. I'm Stacey Johnson. I'm Miranda Marquette. I'm Aaron Freeman. Thanks for hanging out with us, folks. We're going to see you right here next time.